0: You know, sometimes we can come into church unsettled, right, disturbed, worried, and there's a lot of things that we come into the church, and God understands those things, but sometimes we can come in with those things, and we don't even hear anything he says, or we're just so focused on the concerns and the things that are in front of us instead of putting our eyes on the prize and keeping our eyes on Jesus, and so when we can now allow the peace of God to come in, we're reminded of he is peace, right? He is the author of peace. He is the creator of peace. He is what peace is really like, amen? The world looks as peace if there's no turmoil, but God is a peace in the turmoil. God is everything. And so when you have the peace of God inside of you and you carry that and you understand who you belong to and who your daddy is, then peace has to settle on you. And he's always there to remind us, hey, I'm right here. I got you. How many know that God got you? The Father got you. He, he he'll never let anything happen to you. That's the dad that we have. He's the great protector. He is, he's, he's he's everything. And so as long as you rely on him and trust him and don't lose your focus on him, then peace will always be with you. And so we always need peace. You know, when Pastor Joe spoke that, it really ministered that, man, we, we, we need to just come in peace. That's why we worship is try to get the peace of God or be reminded of who we're worshiping to. And so peace has to settle in our spirits in order to receive anything, because if you got anything there, the enemy will use that as a tactic from receiving anything. Whatever's being spoken over here, you cannot receive because you're focused on the concern, you're focused on the uh, on the problem, you're focused on the situation, you're focused on the things that surround you. Amen. And God says, "I want to give you peace for that." Amen. And not that we uh, shouldn't be concerned, but we got to learn to give those concerns to the Lord. Amen. Worry doesn't do anything but give you gray hairs. <laughs> Hallelujah. My gray hairs are from you guys. Amen. Hallelujah. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> But, uh, (laughs) but peace. Amen. Somebody say peace. I got a question for you, church. And Don't worry. I'm starting soft. I'll get a little crazy right now. Amen. But is it, is it time to conquer the promised land? Is it time to conquer the promised land? Is it time to possess what the Lord has for us? Remember last week, the people of Israel crossed over. Come on, tell your neighbor, we're on the other side. Come on, we we crossed over. They were on the other side of the Jordan. The the water wall of the Jordan River went back to its original form. The, The banks are overflowing again. They're on the other side of the Jordan. And so today, I want to minister a message entitled, Cut It Away. Cut It Away. But the, quish, the, 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 the big question is, is it time to take the land? Is it time? Is it time? You guys are thinking about it? Is it time? You think it's time? Is it time? What do you think, Miranda? Is it time? <laughs> See, time can be for different people. you got to understand that. Sometimes it's time for one person, but not maybe time for another person. But what I'm talking today, is it time for us as a church to take the land? Is it time for us to conquer what God has given us? Can somebody say amen? Is it time? Do you, say do I, do you feel ready? Come on, you really got to search your soul are you truly ready to take on what, what God wants to give you or what God has in for for in store for us? We want the blessings, right? Everybody wants a part of the milk and honey, right? Come on, if you say no, man, you're, 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 you're wrong thinking, amen. Hallelujah. The enemy has tricked you and lied to you, but that is a promise to us. And so there, there's, there's a land that we're going to. There are blessings that are in front of us, amen. Come on, there's more in front of you than behind you, church. You gotta understand that. Come on, that's not it where you're at. You're, you're not, you haven't arrived to the point that, that my blessings have run out. God has so much for you ahead. Are you ready to possess that? Are you totally confident that you're ready for the next step? The real question is, are you ready for the next battle? Nobody likes a fight. We face battles and we freak out. We never prepare for the next battle. We get victory and we shout, but we never prepare for the next battle. Come on, we think that we got through this and you conquer something, realizing there's something else standing in front of you that's bigger than what was behind you. There's so much, guys, you've got ahead. There's victories and so forth, but there also are battles in front of us. Come on, we have faced some battles during this time. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. These are battles. These are things that we're facing, and some of us to test us. And some of us it's just things of the enemy. And some of us, it's just self. How many of you, know you sometimes create your own battles? That's the worst battle, amen, battle of your mind, the battle of self. Hallelujah. Try to win self, amen, hallelujah. Because, you see, listen, self will always agree with you. It's the truth. Self is always right. <laughs> so that's the biggest battle is that you need to humble yourself to God. Can somebody say amen? amen? Come on, otherwise your mind would take you places, amen, and do things, amen, and you're already destroying people, doing all kinds of things, amen. You've got to grab a hold of yourself, amen. So we've got to win some battles, but are you ready for the battles? Well, don't think about this, amen. Come on, are you ready for the next step? Are you ready to take the land, amen? Are you ready to go into Canaan, amen, the land flowing with milk and honey? Come on, you got to understand, last week the people crossed over. Israel crossed over. Israel, you got to listen, church. Israel, come on, we got to pray for Israel. Israel is who we need to be. You gotta grab a hold. It's not PCLV. It's Israel. We gotta stand behind God's people. They are the examples of who we need to be, church. Come on, you got to get things in line, amen. Come on, you got to understand the people cross over. Israel crossed over. They're crossing over right now in a battle that they're facing, amen. We are crossing over at the same time as a church. It's not coincidence that we're in this season now preaching these messages now because God wants the church to cross over to the battle, the ultimate battle that we need to face, church. Come on, they have crossed over and the river has closed. Tell your neighbor, don't look back. See, after crossing, the people of Israel thought they were ready, listen, to conquer the land. But what does God tell them? I want you to build yourself a memorial. Right? Before you go forward, before you get into the the places where I'm going to take you and the battles ahead of you, amen, I, I want you to build a memorial. Before you get ahead of yourselves, before you say, Yeah, just yes, do it, all this stuff, amen. Before we do all that, before you get busy, listen, busy for the kingdom of God and the tasks are ahead of us. God reminded them to keep your eyes on me. See, we go into battles, we get victories. And we take our eyes off God and we think that we did it. And so he's reminding, he goes, okay, guys, I've spoken. They believe the word church. They believe that, you know, God has given them the land. They're excited for it. They've seen a generation that did not obey God. Their fathers, their mothers did not get to go into the promised land. So God tells them there, they responded, they obeyed, and they're on the other side and says, okay, guys, before we get a little crazy and we take this, amen, I, I want you before you get busy and do what you gotta do, amen, keep your eyes on me. Tell your neighbor, keep your eyes on him. Come on, that it was him. He's reminding them, you know, I want you to build those memorials. I want you to look back because it was all me. I did it all. I parted the sea. I brought the east wind to part the Jordan Sea, uh, the Red Sea, uh, the, the, the Jordan River, the Red Sea. I was I that did all that. So keep your eyes on me and don't forget what I did. The memories that you see and the memories that you talk about with your children is to remind them who their God is. So don't forget that. Tell your neighbor, don't forget that. Come on, look at someone go like this. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh. No, no, no. You got to remember who I am. Keep your eyes on me I am the one guiding you. Don't get ahead of me. Stay in step with me. Come on, somebody say amen. And if, if you weren't here last week, visit that message. It's on YouTube, amen. Build your memorial, amen. Are you ready for the next step? Think about that. Whoa. I got to remove this for the next step, amen. Amen. <laughs> It's all part of the sermon, guys. Come on. (laughs) Are you ready for the next step? Because the next step, church, listen, is a very important step. This one will give us and assure us victory for the battles that are ahead. How many want some victory in the head? How many want to win some battles? Come on. We we can look back in our lives. Man, what's your record? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, are you above 500 at least, amen, hallelujah, or is it below 500, amen, uh, come on, are you three and ten, or what? what what's, what's your victories, amen, because some of us, we lost some victories, come on, let's just say amen, come on, I've lost victories, we all lost victories, we lost victories recently, come on somebody, I, I, I'm speaking truth, I know that we are victorious in God, but we personally have lost some victories, come on, the good thing about going forward is humility, church. And you gotta put pride aside and say, Yeah, I messed up. Somebody say I messed up. We've all messed up, church. We all think wrong. We all do things wrong, amen. And so Pride is the one, number one thing in the people's hearts, amen. That's what the number one thing in Israel's heart, amen, was pride, amen. You know, when, when they, when the, in the winds, or when they were spoken about the east winds blowing towards this house and blowing towards what he's doing in our lives and in this ministry, the winds, those east winds are always blowing to blow away disobedience and pride. You read the word and you go back and study east winds and study about the east, amen. It's it's about God blowing pride away. East winds are powerful, church. It opened the Red Sea. Came from the east. God does things to remove things. Come on, somebody say amen. Are you ready? Smile at me and say, I'm ready. Really? <laughs> now, now you don't know? <laughs> We're like, yeah? Uh, oh, no. Yeah, no, no. We're always in the yeah, yeah, but are you really ready? Well, let's read on in Joshua chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, When all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan, and all the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast heard how the Lord dried up the Jordan River so that the people of Israel could cross, they lost heart and were paralyzed, listen, with fear because of them. I want you to catch that, church. They heard what the Lord did, and they were paralyzed with fear because of them. I'm here to let you know that the enemy is paralyzed. Come on. Let me give you a little history here of what's going on. The Amorites and the Canaanites were the two major living groups in Canaan, the land that they're going to conquer. Come on. They were the ones living there when they crossed over to take the land, a land that's flowing with what? With what? What? Everyone say milk. Milk. Come on, Sarah, say milk. milk. Say honey. 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 How many want some honey? <laughs> I got my honey. <laughs> How many want some honey? Yeah. See, you, you got to put this into your mind. It seems that, you know what, God's saying this. He just doesn't say it to make it sound cute. He's saying that because there's a place that we're going to that has milk and honey. Now, that, those two words should be studied to understand the milk and honey part. Amen. We'll have time that for today. Amen. But I'm giving you a little Bible study to do on your own. And when you start to study those two words, God will start to show you some things. So you're going to have to want some milk. Even though you say right now, I don't like milk. Amen. You better like this milk. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Some of you guys say, I don't, I don't drink milk. Yeah. I'm t- locked, whatever, t- whatever. You got it. Amen. Hallelujah. Some words I cannot say and I help have, have you guys say it for me. Amen. Some of you guys are. But in the kingdom of God, you better not. <laughs> this milk is good. Somebody say it's good. And so is the honey. And so he's telling you, I'm taking you to a land of milk and honey. Everyone who wants to go into the kingdom of God, who wants to go into paradise with God, has to like milk and has to like honey. So change your taste buds. I got to drink some water. Hallelujah. Taste buds. <laughs> Now, the Canaanites, listen, the Canaanites worship all kinds of different gods, but Baal was their favorite. Baal is associated to demons, is associated to the devil himself. The definition in the Hebrew means Lord or owner. That is what the devil wants to be over you. He wants to be Lord, he wants to be Owner, he wants to rule you. He wants to lord over you. This is who, what they they worship. Worshiping Baal is really anything really that's that is opposite of what our true God. Anything else that you worship, that's worshiping Baal. If you're not worshiping God, Amen. The Canaanites' culture was materialistic, and their religion was sensual. The Amorites' gods also affected the Israel's worship. And turn God's people away from worshiping the true God. Worshiping these false gods eventually brought Israel's downfall. Amen. Remember the golden calf? You ever seen the Ten Commandments? Remember when Charles and Hisson went up there to get the commandments and they started waiting and they started complaining. Ah, they start rebelling and all this stuff. And they say, you know what? We're going to make our own God. That's a form of Baal. Amen. And so here he is. He's, he's going out to get the Ten Commandments. They're doing this, which is a form of Baal. He comes down, and God, what does to those people? Destroys them. Wipes them out. Amen. Israel. The Israelites spent 39 unnecessary years in the wilderness. And I'll show you that in a moment. Because they were terrified of the Canaanites. They understood God's ability. They did, they underestimated God's ability in the first attempt. Come on, they they went in there, and the report was everyone's report came out that it was what good milk and honey. Yeah, everyone's report was that, but the majority of the group was says there's giants. Fear grips them. Intimidation came against them. All this stuff came to them, and they started to bleed it or speak it or gossip it to the rest of the church, the rest of the people there, amen. And so here they underestimated God's power. They did really did not hear God when he spoke over them about the land, amen. And so the reports came, there are giants in the land. But the Canaanites were terrified about them even back then. Did you know that? They heard about Israel's great victories through their God, and they were hoping, listen, they were hoping at this point right here in the story, they heard what took place, and they were hoping that the Jordan River would slow them down or discourage them from entering Canaan. How many know that the enemy is going to pull things come on against you. They're going to pull things. He's going to put, no, put things in front of you. He'll put people in front of you to discourage you or to slow you down. You ever been slowed down by an episode? Slowed down by a person? Slowed down by a family member? Come on, slow down by just things that happen on the job. Am I talking to anyone in this place? The enemy knows and he puts things in front of us to slow us down, to discourage us. God bless you, bro. Good to see you. Amen. But the enemy knows, amen, once you go forward in confidence, knowing your God, amen, then the enemy starts shaking in fear. You know what scares the enemy, the devil, is a man or a woman of God that walks in confidence knowing who their daddy is. Come on, you cannot, you you cannot put fear in that person because that person has total confidence in the Heavenly Father and says, you know what? You don't know my daddy, amen. You don't know who I serve. You don't know who I belong to. You don't know who adopted me, amen, into the royal family, amen. You can call on God and say, God, you can huff, you can puff all you want, devil. You're not going to blow me or my house down or anything that I do for God. The devil fears that church. Can I let you you know something? The enemy gets paralyzed when we go to our knees and cry out in confidence to our heavenly father. You go to your knees, say, I'll go to my knees. When you do that, God will help you stand up to anything. But humility is first. Humility is like, God, I need you. When you get on your knees, you lose everything of you and you depend on Him. And when you do that, He's the one that rises you up with the confidence to stand against any bully that comes against you. You can stand strong. Come on, when I stand up, when I'm on my knees, stand up. Stand up, my brother. That's how tall I feel. Man, I even get a beard when I get up from that, amen. Man, there's a confidence that I've been with God. Hallelujah. I spent some time with God that my beard grew out, amen. There's, there's, there's just the glory of God on my white hairs, everything. I just, there's something that happened. Okay, let's do this. You get up. Come on, devil. That's all you got, amen. There's a holy confidence that comes inside of you when you get on your knees, church. Joshua chapter 2, if we go back a little bit, just to remind you what's going on here. Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says this. I know, I know that the Lord, your God, has given you this land. She told them. This is Rahab. Remember the prostitute? Come on, God used her to hide the spies, the two spies. I want to go spy out the land. Amen. She knows who her God is. She knows the God that they serve, amen. So he goes, I know that the Lord has given you land. She even knows. So right there, she's already turning her heart right now. She's called out of God. She's done with her prostitution, amen. She says, man, I want this. And, of course, you know the story, the bloodline, amen, that comes through her, amen. That's our Lord Jesus Christ came through, amen. So God's using this prostitute, amen, to know that, man, she opened her eyes. Faith just grew and used her. She's a woman of faith, amen, that's spoken in Hebrews, amen, in the book of Hebrews. She's one of the women that's spoken about faith, of a great faith in God. He says, I told them. He goes. I know that the Lord has given them, giving you this land. It says, "We are all afraid of you." <laughs> yes, come on. Everyone, listen. Everyone. Somebody say, "Everyone." Come on. Somebody say, "Your neighbor." <laughs> everyone. I don't care who it is. I don't care what neighborhood. I don't care. Who, who, who. Everyone. And the land is living in terror because of your God. This is the the God that we serve. Even the devil trembles. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. All along, the enemy was scared. All the enemy can do to you, church, is intimidate you. All that he can do is provoke you. And he'll use anything and anyone to try to do that. But you have to fight back. Somebody say fight back. You got to fight back with God's word. Amen. You do not negotiate with the enemy. You destroy the enemy. Tell the devil you're going down. (laughs) Listen, you say that. He's coming. So you, guess what? You got to stand when he comes. You got to tell him, you're going down. There has to be something in your voice confident enough to say, not just going along with everybody else. You got to believe devil. Say devil. You, you know who you are. You're going down. Because you don't know who I belong to. But in reality, he does. He knows who you, who you are. That's why when he spoke to those boys that are trying to cast out demons just like Paul did, he goes, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Why? Because they didn't know who they were. Come on, they were shouting a good shout. But when the devil came, they ran. They ran. See, when the devil comes huffing and puffing, you're like, just go like, who are you? Who are you? Remember David? That's what he did. Who's, who's this uncircumcised Stein? <laughs> He's a, he was a Stein, amen. Uncircumcised Philistine, amen. that's taunting my daddy. Who 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 do you think you are? Right, this little kid. All the all the big guys, get up again, please. All these big guys were all... Sh- this was King Saul right here. He was the one qualified to fight Goliath, yet he says, I can't. And so he gives his battle stuff, his sword, he gives it to me, and I'm like this. I'm David, by the way. <laughs> and I said, I don't need none of this, right? I know who my God is. And today, fool, God's going to give me your head. (laughs) This little boy spoke in confidence. Why? Because God has proven to him time and time and time and time over again, right? When I was tending my father's sheep, the bear came. Lion, bear, it doesn't matter who you come. I got victory. I seen the power of God. I know it wasn't me. I'm a teenager, I'm a kid, but I know my God. You gotta sound confident when you tell the devil and call him out. Because he'll come and test. You gotta be confident in who you are. You ready? Oh, some of you guys, oh <laughs> I don't feel like fighting on Sunday. <laughs> the fight's on the fight comes unannounced. Hallelujah. I've seen it come on Sunday, church. Come on. Believe me, I've seen it. Amen. Listen, it goes on. Listen, it goes on to say that we have heard how the Lord had dry the path for you through the Red Sea when you je- left Egypt. And we know that what you did in Sindong and Og mean the two Amorite kings of the east of the Jordan, these people were completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts Here they go back to the people that's present, living there, right there. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and on the earth below. Come on, this is the God that, he's talking about our daddy. She's talking about our daddy here. Church, God is with us, amen, and he goes before us. Never, ever, ever underestimate your dad. If we are faithful to God, he will cause great opposition to disappear. He will cause the enemy to tremble when you stand in confidence in your God. Are you ready to take the next step? Is it time? They were there. Is it time? Okay, we build the memorials. Is it time? And again, he says, not yet. What else is needed, church? Well, let's read on and we'll find out. Joshua chapter 5. 2 to 8. At this time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise. Somebody say, cut it, cut it away. The second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel. Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in battle were that left Egypt died in the wilderness. Talking about their dads. Come on. And it says this. uh, Where am I at? Okay. And those who left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none born after the exodus during the years of the wilderness had been circumcised. The Israelites had traveled through the wilderness for 40 years until all those men that were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt died. For they have disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord vowed that he would not let them enter the land that he swore to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcised their sons who have now grown up to take their father's places, and they have not been circumcised on their way to the promised land. After all the males have been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. Well, church, today... I brought my knife, my Flint knife. You came on the right Sunday, amen. So we're gonna line up men. Every man in this place, amen, from the youngest to the oldest. And let me tell you, this does not disinclude you ladies too. But God starts with the men first. Come on, somebody, because it's time to cut it away. So who's first? <laughs> Don't worry, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. And if it flows, it's because he knows something in you. (laughs) You are to be removed from the camp. (laughs) There may be an aching in here, hallelujah, I don't know. It's time to cut it away, church. It's time to cut it away. This is what Joshua did. He says, you know what? If we're going to do this... We need to cut away some things. See, the rite of circumcision, come on, mark Israel's position as God's covenant people. I want you to grab a hold of this church. When God made the original covenant back with Abraham, he required that each male be circumcised back in Genesis chapter 17. You can read that on your own. And what was this was done was a sign of cutting off the old. Somebody say, cut it away. And beginning a new life with God. See, God, when we come to him and we repent from our sins, amen, he comes to deal with your past. He's come to deal with the old man, the old woman of you. Come on, the the, the old self, because you cannot go into the new if you still think you're the old. Are you hearing me? Come on, you, there's something needs to be cut away from us. we got to understand, he starts to circumcise us right at the altar, church. He starts to fix us as we come to church. That's why it's so important to gather, amen, to allow the Father to continue to circumcise some things or cut away some things. Can somebody say amen? Come on, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone, anyone here? Do we have anyone in this place? Amen. Are you or anyone? Come on, come on, wave to me. Are you or anyone? Amen. Here, come on. If therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ Church, he is a new creation. Stop wearing the old church. You're new, right from salvation, right from the altar. You are brand new. Come on, stop putting on the old. Come on, he's cutting it away. Somebody say, cut it away. Come on. He is a new creation. The old things have been passed away. They, they've been cut away, church. And behold, all things become new. Come on. You were once a man that could not. Now you're a man that could. Come on. Uh, come on. Once you were a woman that could not. Now you could. Why? Because you're in Christ. If we don't, then we, Christ is a liar. How many know that God is not a liar? Come on, you got to believe the truth, church. When you start to believe the truth, then the new comes upon you. Can somebody say yes? Come on, listen, church. If we are going to cross over, if we are going to face the giants that are in front of us, the upcoming battles in front of us, this next step is very an important step. We need to be in right covenant with God, amen? Come on, by cutting away the old man, by cutting away the old woman, by cutting away the flesh that still rises up, hello? Come on, because this fight is not physical. This fight is spiritual. We can't fight like the men of old. Come on, we had to cut away. Somebody say, cut it away. We have to cut this flesh away, amen, and put on. Somebody say, put on. You got to put on the new in Christ Jesus, amen. We have been engrafted, and we have been adopted into this family. You have to understand that Christ shed his blood, not only to forgive you of your sins, but that you would change. That's why the blood was shed, not just to remove sins, and all that is great, but to change you. Change your heart, change your mind, change you who you were. That's what repent even means. It means a turnaround, right? You're walking this way and then you repent and you do the opposite. I'm not that man. I'm not that woman. I'm not that who that that the world says I am or identify. I am identified in Christ Jesus. He is my daddy. He is my savior. He is my everything. Amen. He is who he says I am. I'm an overcomer, hallelujah, by the blood of the lamb, hallelujah. I am an overcomer, amen. I've been delivered, I've been saved, and my life has been turned around, hallelujah. It's to go forward in the change. Can somebody say yes? Somebody say, I need change. Tell your neighbor, cut it away. The enemy is trying to taunt us. The enemy is trying to pull on your flesh or trying to make you flesh out. And the only way we lose, say I lose, say I lose, the only way that we lose is when we give into the flesh. That's when you become the old man again. And you start doing the things that you used to do and handle the things the way you used to handle them that's when you lose. Can somebody say amen? amen. Come on, we, we got to keep it on. Somebody tell me, keep it on. You got to keep on who you are. You can't just take it off for a moment, start fighting, and put it back on. That's what we would like to do, huh? Come on, okay. I'm not, I'm not a Christian right now. <laughs> okay, I am. I pray for you now. That's what we do in our heads. <laughs> for healing. That's what we do in our heads. I'll pray for you as he goes to the hospital. I'll pray for you, bro. <laughs> that's what we do in our heads. We want to take matters into our own hands. And that's the pride. That's the old man that rises up. He says, remember who you belong to. The Holy Spirit's right there. Like, now some of you guys just fight it. Like, just one. Just one. <laughs> one. Right? It's in all of us, church. You can say no, 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 but that's the pride inside of you still. All of us go through that because we're born in the flesh. We need God. God's the only one that brings control over us. We can't control nothing. We lose it. We blow it. Come on, somebody say amen. We do that, but with God in us, mm -mm. he's there to help us. Holy Spirit's like, no, no, I know you want to do it. No, let it go, son. Walk away. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm going to walk away. Come on, just go. Is that what I told you? just go. He's going to talk. The enemy's going to taunt. Ignore his voice and just walk away. And the enemy just gets married. I can't get them. You got nothing over me, devil. I'm going to walk away from you. Because everything that you speak is a lie. And when you turn around, that means you're believing something in it. When you turn around and start talking, you don't need to defend God. (laughs) We're trying to defend God. You don't need to defend him. And you don't need to defend yourself. The enemy knows what to push in you. And if there's things, I'm going to cool this off. Can I do that? Is that all right? Are you guys okay? Okay. I'll I'll throw blankets. (laughs) We got extra blankets. (laughs) Is that all right? (laughs) Are we good? Wave it to me if you're good. All right. Listen, church. The battle is already ours. We are secure victory when we stand in God. The enemy is terrified when we are in God. When you know who you belong to, you have to understand that church. That's why it says in Philippians chapter 6, 10 to 17, amen, finally. Come on, he's trying to speak to us again. Paul is trying to reach the brethren again. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in who? Be strong in who? That means you don't be strong in you. If you're strong in you, you lose. You got to be strong in the Lord. He says, put on. Somebody say, put on. The full armor of God that so you will be able to stand against the devil's schemes. Let me tell you, church, there are schemes, there are things out there, there are devices that he has planned out there for you to trip you up, amen. you got to understand that. But if you don't have the armor on, if you don't have the full armor on, if you're just walking with your helmet or you're just coming with the word of God, trying to slice everyone up, amen, you are going to lose, it says, put on the full armor so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You have to put on the full armor so that you'll be able to stand against those things for our struggle. We all in a struggle, church. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on, somebody say put on, the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand in the day when evil comes, amen, you'll be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in its place, and with the feet firm. It with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. There's that word again. Peace. He, he settles it with peace. We have to walk in what? Peace. Walk. We've got to walk in peace. Peace causes. Brings calm to any storm that you face. You got to walk in peace. When you have the armor of God and you know who you are. You're always walking in peace. You will fight In peace. You will fight and have victory in peace. Yeah, there are times we got to raise our voices, but it's always in peace. In addition to all this, take up. Somebody say, take up. So not only do we put on, we have to take up. These are things that you have to do. The other things have been placed upon you. Now you have to pick up your part. Say, somebody say, My part. Say in addition to Take up the shield of faith. you got to take that up, church, which can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation. Come on. Protect your mind, church. Protect what you got in here. Amen. And then take up the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. This is how we fight our battles, church, is with the word of God, not what you think, not what you feel, not what you want, what he wants. You bring the word of God. And it would accomplish anything that he desires it to do. Not what you desired it to do. Not what you planned out to do. What he, God Almighty, desires to do with that word that you shoot out. Are you understanding me, church? Somebody say, cut it away. Ooh, I got pretty good at this. I'll do the tricks later. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, God wants us to renew our commitments. He wants us to renew, listen, our covenant before we can advance. Listen, understand that God, listen, sometimes allows things in your life to expose things. Did you get that? Sometimes he'll use people. He'll use the enemy to pull things inside of you. That are still in you. Things that you think you got in control. And so he'll bring things to show you. It's not to destroy you. It's not that you'll lose it. But to make you better. Because God doesn't give his people anything that they can't. Can't what? Can't handle. Whatever comes your way, you can handle it. But when you blow it, guess who took control now? The flesh. The flesh. You allow that spirit mag to get up and like, what? <laughs> and you start to handle it your way. God doesn't need your help. You stay cool. You stay in the peace. And you, you acknowledge, man, I got some flesh in me. Come on, somebody say, I got some flesh. I got some stuff in me still, God. Thank you for showing me that. Thank you for, I need to work on that. I thought it was gone. I thought I, I was dealt, I dealt with anger or bitterness or whatever. I, I, God, uh, forgive me. Forgive me. Come on, he'll attack your character to expose what's in your character. I don't need to defend my character if, who I, if I'm confident of who I am in God. But the enemy will say, oh, oh, you think, and he'll start whispering right away. The enemy's right there whispering, whatever's coming at your way. And it's to stir you up, and it's to get you mad, say something. You have the right, right? You have the right. Knock him out. You have the right. Defend. You have the right. Kick him. You have the right. Woo. My YouTube things are going to go up. You have the right. See, he never, ever allows that. Listen, unless you, cannot, you, cannot, you can handle it. But when flesh takes over, you just blew it. You say, God... You're not doing enough here. I'm gonna take over. And I'm gonna handle it. And I'm gonna do it my way. And when we do that, church, we lose. Sometimes we'll have the thought, sometimes we'll take the step. But the Holy Spirit's still there. Stop. I told you to stop. And this is where you gotta start to listen to the voice of our friend, our teacher who's trying to help you be better. You're right. Let's go. The enemy will say, well, you're backing up, sissy? He still keeps coming. (laughs) Doesn't he? Back it up. I don't need to negotiate with you. I don't need to tell you who I am. I know who I am. Bye. Let's go. It's not worth it. Daddy, take care of this fool. Take care of this problem, take care of the situation, or tell me how what to do. My ears bend it to you, God. Your servants listening. What should I do? See, that's why we have to be under a covering church because sometimes you don't hear God's voice too clearly, so he brings a leader. To help you. I'm here to help. I'm a shepherd. I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to calm you down. So sometimes when you don't hear the Holy Spirit, I become the Holy Spirit for him to speak to you and say, stop it. Stop doing that. Be quiet. Walk away. And all of a sudden, boom, it clicks. Okay. Because sometimes you need something Physical. When you can't understand the spiritual. You understand what I'm saying? That that's what God placed us as under shepherds to help you. So me, I see the picture, and I gotta take care of it for the family. And I gotta put together what I need to put together for us to protect you. Everything's to protect you. Understand, I love you and I don't want nothing to be taken away from you. Can somebody say amen? That's what Israel did. We're to to model, like I said, Israel. That's why we're to pray for Israel, church. Joshua chapter chapter 5, verse 9 says, and Joshua said, the Lord said to Joshua, today, somebody say today, I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So the place has been called Gilgad to this day. Our shame has been rolled away, church. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, our sins have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Gilgad in the Hebrew means to roll. Gilgad was a place where the men rested to get healed, amen, after being circumcised, a a place where they were worshipped during the evasion of Canaan, amen. Here the people will renew their commitment to God, amen, renew their covenant with God before attempting to conquer the land. Gilgad was an important place in Israel's history because it would be the place where Israel will crown their first king, Saul. Cut it away, and let's remove, and let's go forward, church. Our shame has been lifted. It has been rolled away. We can take the land, church. Come on now. We can take the land. God has given us the land already. Look what it says as we wrap this up, amen. Joshua 5, 13 to 15, it says, When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. When Joshua went up to, to him and demanded, are you a friend or are you a foe? Neither one, he replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. And at this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua says. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place that you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. What we need today, church, if we're going to continue in this crossover, amen, is men and woman, women, amen, woman, women, amen, that will say amen. What do you want your servant to do? This was the angel of a supreme rank, a commander of the Lord's army. Some theologians say he was an appearance of God in human form. As a sign of respect, Joshua took off his sandals, just as Moses did when he appeared in the burning bush. See the connection, church. Reverence is needed before we go forward. Respect is needed before we go forward. The all and respect is a response due to the presence of, of God Almighty. That's why people lift their hands at the altar. That's why people bow down because we are in the presence of the Holy God. He deserves all the respect. When you come and you lift your hands, you're not lifting it up to a worship team. You're not lifting it up to the drums. You're not lifting it up to the guitar, hallelujah. I'm sorry, amen. You're not lifting those things up when you take off your shoes. When you bow down, it's because you feel the presence of God and he's holy and he's respectful, amen. And that's why we do what we do, amen. Our thing is not to be caught up in anything else, but caught up in his presence. We're not supposed to be on our phones. We're not supposed to be taking Snapshots or anything like that. We're supposed to be snapshots. I don't know why I said that. Amen. You're supposed to be in the presence of God. Our full attention is Him. That's why we gather. It's not to say, what are we going to sing? It doesn't matter what we're going to sing. God's here. You create a song in your heart and you bow down. Wow. I feel like bowing down. What the Lord's telling you to bow down. Well, I don't want to do it. Why wow, are you embarrassed? I want to lift up my hands, but what do they think? Lift up your hands. There's a reverence that we come and say, God, I want to get in your presence. It's been a rough week. I want to feel you. I want to know that everything's going to be okay. God, this is our safe ground. Oh, daddy, you're here. No devil can lie. When I'm in Daddy's house, come on, no problems are here. When I'm in Daddy's house, peace comes. And starts says "You know what? Just give it, give it all to me. And the problems that you're dealing with, I'm already fixing it. I got angels already working on it. I want your full attention on me. So peace. He speaks. There should be a peace." That at the end of the, the last song, amen, I peace just all of a sudden just took over. And man, all that worry just left. If you still have worries that you were holding on to it, you're not trusting God with it. You're singing the song, but you're not trusting what you're singing to release it. We ought to show respect. Respect. By our attitudes and our actions by giving him the full attention when we gather. We should recognize God's power and his authority and his deep love for us. Our actions must model, listen, an absolute reverence for God. Respect for God is not just important today as it was in Joshua's day, it's as important today as it was in Joshua's day, amen. Come on, we may not remove the shoes all the time, amen, but how many know that God still deserves the respect? As I close church, it's time, somebody say it's time, to align our hearts back to the Father by renewing our commitment and our covenant with God what's up and so by cutting away the things that are still in us still in me somebody say in me. in me by cutting those things away come on we can be saved church listen we can be saved we can be coming to church but there are some flesh that's still inside of us and needs to get cut away there's people that come to church year after year, amen and they're still in flesh. They think by coming here it makes it okay that God is forgiven, but no, yeah, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying that you're not going to make it in, but you're going to struggle in this world. You're going to struggle over situations and in those struggles that might take you out. We got to get right. The time is not to play. The time is not to give in. Amen. The time is to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because Jesus is coming back. Amen. That trumpet's going to sound at any time, church. Are you ready for that? Or will your flesh get in the way? We need to cut it away, church. We need to circumcise our hearts. And remove the callous that the world has put on and situations have put on. And when we cut these things away, when we recommit and renew our covenant with God, then we will give him the awe and the respect that he deserves. But commitment needs to take place. Repentance needs to take place. These things need to take place in order for true reverence and respect to go to God. It's time to turn our ways, church, and de- cut these things, and do with these, do away with these things, that so we can go forward, and then we can take the land. Amen. Come on, let's